Welcome to Breakpoint Podcast, breaking down the world of tennis with your hosts, Val Febo and Joel Frucci. The Australian Open draws have been announced and it is Christmas, well, just a few weeks after the actual Christmas because the Australia, that means the Australian Open is right around the corner. Val Febo here with you on Breakpoint Podcast and we have got a huge show, but before we get into any of that, it's the man, the myth, the legend, the wunderkind, Joel Frucci. How are you, Joel? <laughs> Going all right, Val. Um, yeah, getting very excited about the Australian Open. Only a few days away now. At the time of recording, Thursday night here in Melbourne. Um, yeah, I'm buzzing. I can't wait to get to the grounds. There's, uh, there's, there's really no no vibe like it being uh, being at Melbourne Park um, on uh, on a weeknight. Um, during that first week, it's uh, it's it's great. Well, day wait. day one in general is just it, there's just such yeah, hype one. around it. The first rounds, there's happening, there's something mm. happening on every court. There's crowds everywhere, and we are so excited for it to happen. Jamie Fallis, Joel, she's going to join us on the show. She's in the women's draw. Was awarded a wild card with John Millman last week. So really excited to hear what she has to say heading into the Australian Open. But look. We've got a lot to get through because the draws were announced today. And let's start with the women's singles, Joel, because there are some tasty matchups here. And top quarter, Igish Fiontek, the top seed, she's right up the top there. Coco mm. Goff in her section. That is very, very difficult. But you look at the other players that are in this section that might not necessarily be seeded. We've got Marie Buskova. She's she's the 25th seed, but Bianca Andreescu, she's not yeah. seeded. She's a Grand Slam champion. Then you go down, Elena Rybakina, the Wimbledon champion. She's in that group as well, the 22nd seed. Karolina Mukova made the semifinals here two years ago, beat Ash Barty en route to that result. Danielle Collins, last year's finalist. So she could place Fiontech in a rematch of the uh, Australian Open semis last year. Jewel Niemeyer, quarterfinalist at Wimbledon last year. She had a great run there. Diana Yastremska and Yelena Ostapenko. That's a match of players who might not make the best decisions. Um, let's just <laughs> let's just put it that way. Um, and then Emma Raducanu as well. So Coco Golf and Emma Raducanu could be facing off in the second round. But how many Slam champions, finalists, and semi-finalists are in that part of the draw alone? Well, it's a very, very, very good quality part of the draw. We haven't even mentioned Elena Rabakina yet, as well. No, I did um, mention it. Oh yeah, you did. Yep. Sorry, just the uh, you know, just the Wimbledon champion. But yeah. um, yeah, it's 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 pretty tasty. And um, you know, even going sort of right down to kind of the the bottom of I guess the the lower echelons of this part of the draw. Even someone like Lizia Serenko, who came through through qualifying, she's been around for obviously a very long time, um, but. Yeah, for me, a little bit of a banana skin for everyone there as well. But now, um, just yeah, this is good. I mean, sorry, I still... quickly, Joel. Can we just say, yeah. thank God, Serenko didn't cop Barty again. <laughs> the last two oh, years, yeah. round one, she's copped Ash Barty and won two games combined in both those matches. So, <laughs> yeah, just a little side note. Well done, Lacey. You've qualified and you've got someone different. So I'll let you continue, Joel. Sorry. Yeah, no, she'll be wrapped. But then, um, yeah, we, we keep looking in, um, you know, there's someone like Bernarda Perra um, as well. Uh, very, very talented. Um, yeah, so look, I think anything could probably happen in this in this part of the draw. I probably would still expect Egish Fiontech to to be the the winner of, of this quarter, mm. um, you know, but nevertheless, I'm, I'm sure she'd be well aware that, um, yeah, it's it's probably not going to, not going to come easily to her because, 
look, if if there's any sort of kryptonite for her game, it probably is the the raw power. Um, and yeah, the names in there, um, the Rubakinas, um, Danielle Collins, Paola Bedosa. That's um, the one I didn't Elena mention, Ost- Bedosa. Yeah, Paola Bedosa, Yelena Ostapenko. Um, they've all got that power. So yeah, it's it's a very, very exciting part of the draw. But um, yeah, look, I think initial reaction is, um, yeah, would be crazy to go against Eger at this point. Yeah, the way she's been playing, she's in very, very good form. But yeah, Paula Bedosa, I reckon probably her and Gorf are probably the two second most dangerous um, plays in that draw if you put them both together. But Emma Raducanu, we know what she can do. She's looked like a world beater before and is a Grand Slam champion. So what a quarter that is. The second quarter of the draw, Jessica Pagula. Um, she yeah. is the third seed there. So she's in uh, the semifinal projections of Iget Sviontek. Um, then you've got Olivia Gedecki. Um, she's the Aussie wildcard. She's in the draw there as well. So good on her. It's really good to see Gedecki get a wildcard. She'll take on Polina Kudamatova. I'm pretty sure the sister of Veronica. And then um, you look you look at the other parts of the draw here. There's just some tasty matchups all around. Marta Kostiuk against Amanda Anisimova. Two young guns going at it. Both of them are very, very good players in their own right. Barbara Krajikova, um, she's in this part of the draw, former Grand Slam champion. Coco, uh, Coco Vandaway, she's back in a Grand Slam for the first time yeah. in quite a long time, Joe. So, uh, Joel. So good to see her back. Um, Kvitova versus Allison Van Wietvank. Van Wietvank, we know, can perform on the big stage. Madison Keys is here as well. A Storm Hunter against Shin Yu Wang. So good to see Storm getting, well, Storm Nay Sanders. Um, so they've got, she's gotten married in the offseason. Isla Tomjanovic against Nadia Podoroska. So Podoroska, former Grand Slam semi finalist at the uh, 2020 French Open. Jolt, this next match. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sophia Kennan. Versus Victoria Azarenka. Now, these two are the only two former Australian Open champions left in the draw after people pulling out and other people retiring. What a match this is going to be. Yeah, really looking forward to this one. I'm I'm intrigued by what Sophia Cannon can do. We haven't seen her for, for a little while. So yeah, I'm excited. To, uh, I'm excited to see um, exactly where, where she's at, obviously after, after winning the event um, not long ago. Um, but yeah, then um, we sort of, we look at the, the seeded players um, in, in this part of the draw and that kind of 10 to 20 range in the WTA, how, how, how congested is it with, um, yeah. with, with players that, that could, could really, um, blast anyone off the court and 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 win. Uh, I guess at any time. Madison Keys, Petra Kvitova, Barbara Krachikova at at uh, seed twenty. Amanda Anasimova, twenty eight. Yep. Um, Maria yeah. Maria Sakari at seed six as well. She's in the bottom part yeah. of the quarter. So Sakari is in very yeah. good form herself. So yeah, it, it's it is a really stacked draw. You're right. It's it's very hard to pick, especially this quarter is the one that I found probably the most difficult to pick. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because um, there's a lot of I, I feel like there's a there's a lot of the girls in this part of the draw that have have similar games um, and kind of the, the similar physique. So yeah, that's going to be interesting. But then um, also, I guess for us, there's a few there's another few uh, another few Aussies in this part of the draw. Obviously, we know what we're going to get from Al Tomjanovic, but a few wild cards as well. Um, as you mentioned, Val Storm Hunter is uh, I think the one that I'm most interested in. I think we we all like Storm. But then um, Olivia Gadecki, we haven't really seen too much of her yet. We did uh, a couple of years ago. Um, 
but then not really a great deal more after that. So yeah, I'm uh, and still at a very young age. I'm I'm interested in what uh, in what she can do against the qualifier first up. Yeah, same with uh, Talia Gibson. She'll take on qualifier Clara Burrell. Haven't really seen too much of Talia throughout her short career so far. So it'd be interesting to see what she can do against the French woman. But really good to see Coco Vanderway. Back in the draw, former semi-finalist. She's had a lot of injury problems. She's been inside the top ten. Um, you know, she's she was such a good player for such a short period of time, I guess, because she just got bogged down with all of these injuries, and it was really disappointing to see she lost in the first round of Wimbledon and the U.S. Open last year. She hasn't won a match here since that semi-final run in 2017. Didn't play 22 yeah. or 21. Lost in the opening round of 2020 and lost in and didn't play 2019 and lost in the opening round of 2018. So that one year of 2017 where she made the semis here, quarters at Wimbledon and semis at the US Open, she'd love to get back to that form. But yeah, really looking forward to seeing what the American can do. But Joel, if we go to the next section of the draw because it's um it, it, it just really is so stacked. Darius Kasatkina, after a great season last year, she's uh, the eighth seed. Um, she's one of the headlines in this quarter here. Serana Kostaya had a great Australian Open last year. Carolina Pliskova, 30th seed. That is a very big banana skin for Kasatkina at eight. They're projected to meet in the third round. And then if we keep going down, we've got Veronica Kudamatova. She's the ninth seed here. Um, then Annette Contivate at 16, yeah. Joel. She was n- at number two in the world at one point last year. Um, Taylor Townsend, we know she can hit the cover off the ball. Ekaterina Alexandrova, Irena Kamalia Begu. Um, and then you look at Layla Fernandez versus Aliza Cornet in the opening round. Cornet, quarterfinalist last year at the AO. Fernandez, the runner-up at the 2021 US Open. And then you've got Caroline Garcia, who, for me, she's one of the favorites for me to win this tournament. I love how she goes about it. She's a fighter. She looks relaxed. She looks comfortable. And I really think she's a chance of getting through very, very deep in this competition. Yeah, I think so too. And and um, I actually think this is a really kind of even part of of the draw. I, I really think this is anyone's game. Um, look, I, I do agree that yeah, I think Caroline Garcia is probably the favourite from from this part of of the draw. But I wouldn't say it's uh, I wouldn't say it's a rusted on result by any means. Her going all the way through to the quarterfinals. Um, I love this matchup between Layla Fernandez and Elisa Cornet. Um, it's a, a bit of uh, a bit of the best of the new and a, a bit of the best of, of the old, if you like. And we remember what Elise Cornet did last year at the, at the Australian Open, a, a real revival uh, for her. So, um, yeah, if she can pull that off again, though, um, you know, this could be this could even be her quarter because uh, we know what she can do. Yep. Um, when she gets going, um, not quite what she used to be. And, you know, time is probably well and truly out for Carolina Pliskova, but um, her at seed number 30, I think, is uh, one not to be not to be discounted because if she gets rolling, then she can do some damage too. Um, and, yeah, Daria Kasakina as well, she's been in great form, but um, I feel like she'll be uh, sort of someone that's going to fly under the radar and, and not a lot of people will will sort of talk about her. So I wonder if that will, will work in her favour potentially. Yes, yeah, certainly. Um, Kasakina finished the year so well in 2022. But yeah, that that is a really even quarter of the draw. And then we look at the bottom quarter. And this one, there's two players for me that stand out. One of them is the world number two, Anjibor. And the other one 
is Arena Sabalenka. Sabalenka, champion in Adelaide on Jabor, obviously having a fantastic 2022, making two slam finals. Sabalenka, she takes on Teresa Martinkova uh, of the Czech Republic. Shelby Rogers here as well. Lauren Davis. Gabinia Muguruza versus Elise Mertens in round That's one. That's tasty. That's one of the better matchups that you'll see. Continuing down the draw, um, Martina Trevisan, the Italian, um, doing really well at the United Cup. Anastasia Pavlichenkova against Camilla Giorgi. That is, I think that has the capabilities to be very fiery as well. We know Camilla Giorgi is a bit of a firebrand, a former WTA 1000 champion, and Pavlichenkova, a former major finalist. Um, Belinda Bencic here as well. So it could be Trevisan versus Bencic in round three. Beatrice Haddad Meyer, she's in this part of the draw, could play 2017 US Open champion Sloane Stevens in the second round. And then Donna Vekic in this part of the draw as well. Kai Kanepi against Australian Kim Birrell, the wild card there. Um, and then Linda Fruvert. Fruvatova, there we go, got there in the end <laughs> against Jamie Fallis, who's going to join us on the show um, after this women's draw review. Uh, they're playing and um, could be an all Aussie second round. I hope we do get it because it would be great to see two really good. Uh, they're, they're good for the Australian tennis landscape, I think, those two, and both really kind-hearted yeah. and warm. So hopefully we can see both of them play off against each other. Alison Risk, Armitrage against Marketa Vondrusova. Vondrusova, the 2019 French Open finalist on the road back from injury. Could be her against Anjabor in the second round. Joel, this one, again, the two players that just stand out for me, Sabalenka and Jabor. Yeah, another really interesting um, part of the draw. Um yeah, um, Sabalenka sort of grabs my attention straight away um, because I think, I don't know, I feel, I feel like she's just kind of bubbling away and just waiting to explode, really. And um, kind of with every Grand Slam that comes, um, I'm, I'm sort of wondering if it's going to be the time um, because, uh, yeah, the obviously we know the power that, that she has. Um, and, yeah, Ons, um, I think the great thing for Ons potentially is obviously – you know, world number two, um, she's going to be wanting to go as far as possible, but no points to defend as well. So I wonder if mm. there'll be a, a sort of element of, you know, nothing to lose here for, for her, um, having not played the AO last year. Um, so I wonder if that'll add a bit of an extra dimension. But yeah, again, a lot of banana skins here. Marketa von Drusova, um, former um, French Open uh, finalist, as you mentioned, Val, Donna Vekic, mm. uh, Sloane Stevens. Um, Beatrice had admire, even though she said at 14, um, I don't think she can be underestimated with the, the height that she has. Um, and yeah, Camilla Georgie, we know that she's, uh, she could really do anything when, uh, when she, when she yep. wants really, still can't believe she's, uh, <laughs> uh anyway. Um, and, uh, Anastasia Pavlyuchenkova unseated. Uh, so that speaks for itself. So, yeah, this is this is interesting, and Gabinia Muguruza as well. Um, exactly. So it, this yeah, is a this is a very tasty a part answer. of the draw. A great women's draw. We're really excited for Monday and Tuesday when the opening rounds do commence. But Joel, we're going to get to a break because it is time for our chat with Jamie Fallis. Follow Breakpoint on social media on Twitter and Instagram at Breakpoint Podcast. Search us on Facebook and subscribe to the show on your favourite podcast platform.
You are listening to Breakpoint Podcast, Val Febo and Joel Frucci taking you through the pre-Australian Open show. This is like Christmas for us, isn't it, Joel? It's such an exciting time of year. <laughs> Best time the, of the year. The draws have come out. We've analysed them or we're going to analyse them. And yeah, it's just oh, it's such, a, such a great time of year. And speaking of great time of years or great times of the year, the wild cards are always such a great story ahead of the Australian Open, and our next guest has received one of them. Her name is Jamie Fawless. Jamie, thank you so much for jumping on the show with us tonight. Congratulations on the wild card. Um, how has it all sunk in? Thank you. Yeah, it was pretty cool to uh, get the news and be able to tell my team and my family. And to be honest, it didn't really sink in until one or two days later, I think. I When I got it, I can't, kind of just calmly reacted. I was like, oh cool like that's awesome and then like a couple of days later I was like I'm actually playing Oz Open 2023 main draw so that was really cool and Jamie it's been five years since your last Australian Open campaign uh, or in the women's singles anyway um, how rewarding does it feel for you after all of the injury setbacks that you've gone through to be back and to not even have to qualify to just know that the TA has the faith in you to to go on and, and push in this draw? Yeah, I guess as an Aussie tennis player, we're all pretty thankful that uh, Australia can have a slam and we can get awarded wild cards. And I think, yeah, we, we I'm very grateful for that opportunity. And I think without that, I wouldn't be where I am today. And, yeah, just to receive that and to be acknowledged for the work like I've done in the past not only year, but past three years to get myself to where I am now. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah, and you're obviously a Melbourne girl as well, uh, Jamie. So that must uh, really just uh, add another sort of little cherry on top for you to to get the wild card and uh, be able to to play in your home city and uh, and represent the people closest to you. Yeah, it's pretty cool to be honest. Before like the wild cards got announced, and when the three first did, I was like, okay, so I'm. I'm playing qualies. I told all my friends and family, get ready for the ninth and 10th, like take work <laughs> off, like be there. And then from that, it's gone from, okay, the 16th and 17th, that's <laughs> they're the two days you have to take off or take the week <laughs> off. And I'm trying to write lists for tickets and it's just gotten from like one to like 50. So <laughs> it's been, it's been fun. Ah, uh, that that's great, Jamie. And, and, now you are you do have a Greek background and it's very well documented that here in Melbourne we have the biggest Greek population outside of Athens. So how um how raucous are you expecting the crowd to be? Because we're hoping that it's extremely loud for you. Hopefully I I'm the same. Hopefully it's gonna be pretty loud. Um I think anytime you go to the Oz Open, like that's what you think of, even as a kid. I think the Greek community does an amazing job of supporting all their Greek or Australian players. And that's something like I look forward to um, every time I step out onto the court or anytime I watch another Greek Australian play. Yeah, it's great. And there's a, there's a few of them now, obviously Maria Sakkari and, and Stefano Tsitsipas and uh, yeah, looking forward to uh, what they can, what they can bring um, as well to, to the event. It always brings a great buzz. Um, on, on court, Jamie, your opponent, uh, Linda Fervatova, um, 17 years old. It's, uh, I was looking at her, her uh, vitals before and uh, insane to, to look at uh, her age and read that she was born in, uh, in, in 2005, 2005, which uh, makes me feel uh, extremely old. Um, but um, yeah, she's into the top 100. What do you uh, what do you know about her? Yeah, I know that in the last year or so, she's done incredibly well. Um, she's 17 years old, so 
I feel like we don't really have much to lose because I'm going in as a wild card, even if she is uh, younger than me. So I think it's just who can handle the situation better and um, play within themselves. And it's going to be fun no matter what. I think it's another opportunity for me to learn and get better. So I'll sit down with my team in the next couple of days and uh, look at some matches and plan what I can do against her. But yeah, I'm sure she's doing the same for me. So it should be a good battle. And Jamie, talk to us about playing in a Grand Slam. And it's uh, these are obviously the Blue Ribbon events that everybody wants to be participating in. But to be able to win a match, which you have done before, but to be able to, be able to win one and then go on to the second round, how important is it for your confidence? But also the prize money is so much better than what the other events offer on throughout the year. How much does that help in terms of just springboarding for the rest of the season and giving you confidence that you know you can leave home and and know that you can compete for the rest of the year. Yeah, no, it's it's huge in terms of confidence, in terms of winning matches on tour against high-ranked players. But, yeah, of course, prize money always comes into it. And I think, like, as an Aussie being away for eight, nine to ten months of the year without being able to go home, I think not many people realise that we're on the road for so long mm. and it's not easy to come back home for us. And that's something I learned last year was my first full year on the road without being injured usually I would have a three or four month period where I'd be home because I had to be um but last year was the first year that that didn't happen so it definitely takes a toll on you but yeah having the financials behind you to back you and have people on the road with you I think that's really important and that uh, actually, you know, I guess being home when you're injured, at least you're home, but I guess when you're not injured and you're still away from home, I guess you've got to take the positives with that. And last year you had a great year. You played in Wimbledon and you played in the US Open as well. Talk to us that you, you've now completed the career slam in terms of playing them. Um, How did you find last year and your first full year on the tour? Because it was great to watch you from afar. Thanks. Yeah, it was, it was pretty cool to say the least. Um, I qualified for Wimby. I think that was one of the highlights so far. I love playing on grass and it was a first full year and I didn't know what to expect or how to feel in the moment. You kind of just, you wait for something because that's what usually happens. But then when you overcome that, you're like, oh, like this is what it feels like. Like it's new territory. So in terms of that, that was really different. But I was pretty lucky that I actually had my sister come travel with me for four weeks because she had uni break. And I think that actually helped me a lot. So having like family come over and travel with me that, yeah, it just, it was a different perspective and away from the court, we could go do things. And when I was at the courts, it was tennis, but then off the court, it was just like visiting new places or new food locations. So I think that played a big part um, in why I did so well. And I think just making sure that I listened to my body a lot of the times to maintain healthy, that was also key. Yeah, and that's a that's a great segue. And uh, I was going to ask you about that, Jamie. Like we we always, when it comes to the tour, we always obviously we see the tennis and we see how athletes kind of prepare themselves and um, the sort of the work they they do. But how about off the court? Like when when you do have your spare time and, and you're on the road, um, like what are the, what are some of those things that you that you like to do to kind of get your mind off off tennis? Um, shopping. <laughs> 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 I love shopping or just like seeing new places, going for walks, um, just whatever the country holds. Like you kind of want to go into that culture and experience that. So that was 
really cool. And yeah, honestly, on top of that, it was me also like making sure I'm in touch with people at home as well. So like I might not be with them, but thank God for FaceTime you have that yeah. you can actually mm-hmm. be with them without being with them. So like, for example, my family went to the footy and I was able to be there through FaceTime. Like they were cool experiences mm-hmm. that I think we're like, I'm lucky to have. Now, this is probably the make or break question what, uh, before I ask oh, another one, but who do you follow? <laughs> I'm a pie supporter. Oh, Jamie, we liked you. <laughs> that's all right. We've got not- three of the big Victorian clubs. At least none of us are Carlton, so that's fine. I'm Richmond, Joel's okay, Essendon. That's a so, good thing. Yeah, so none of us are Carlton, so that's fine. But, um, Jamie, are we going to see another run to the mixed doubles final this year? Are you and Jason Kubler teaming up once again to possibly go one better? Yeah, I'm not sure, actually. I have to speak to him about it. Um, we haven't really spoken, but hopefully the next couple of days um, we can touch base to see what we're doing. I know he's playing really well in singles mm. at the moment and we'll probably run deep in that. So I think it's just probably it's just depending on how both our bodies hold up. So, yeah, we'll see. Fair enough. And one final one before we do let you go. What is your shop of choice? <laughs> oh, um. Glassons. Glassons? It's just like yeah. a very like, yeah, just like casual store that yeah. has basics that do basics well. I actually want one of their tennis dresses in one of my Adelaide matches. That's like a going out dress, but it's classified as a tennis dress. So perfect. So I would try and play in it on court. So <laughs> beautiful. No, nicely done. Yeah. Hopefully, maybe they can get you yeah. get on board as a sponsor. Who knows? Hopefully, fingers crossed. Never or have to pay again. I'll take cotton on. Well, just word up, word up to Nasi for that because uh, he's repping all the cotton on gear at the <laughs> yeah, moment. Yeah, true. I should. <laughs> um, now, Jamie Fawless, thank you very much for jumping on the show with us. Good luck. Uh, we're not sure if it's Monday or Tuesday yet, but good luck in the opening round. We'll be behind you and uh, all of Australia will be behind you as well. Jamie Fawless, thank you very much for joining us on Breakpoint. Thank you so much. Jamie Fawless there joining us on Breakpoint Podcast. So excited to see what she can do at the Australian Open. She's won a match here before. Fingers crossed she can maybe go one better. She'll take on Linda Fervatova in the opening round. Kai Kanepi or Kim Birrell should she get through to the second and then possibly Ons Jabor, the world number two in round three. But we'll back our Jamie in. We know that she can hit the ball very, very cleanly, and we'll find out what she can do on Monday or Tuesday. But plenty more still to come on Breakpoint Podcast. We're going to review the men's draw and where that sits ahead of Monday's tournament. Follow Breakpoint on social media, on Twitter and Instagram at Breakpoint Podcast. Search us on Facebook and subscribe to the show on your favourite podcast platform. You are listening to Breakpoint Podcast. Big thank you to Jamie Fallis for joining us on the show in the last segment. That was such a great chat, Joel. Um, she mm. just, yeah, she's on. She's full of life and... Fingers crossed that we can uh, that we can see the best of her come the future because she was so highly touted, touted as a junior and, you know, watching her go through all those injury struggles was heartbreaking. But, yeah, it seems as though she's coming back and coming back with a vengeance. Yeah, and obviously we never like to see anyone um, sort of struggle with the injuries. And I was just uh, mentioning to you off air before, Val, one thing that I forgot to ask her about was uh, – um, was was challenging at uh, Adelaide Miners. Who obviously they still have uh, Lions people over there. But so I remember there was uh, there was a couple of games in uh, I forget which which set it was. Um, 
But uh, yeah, Jamie was playing against, I think it was a Katarina Alexandrova and she challenged uh, a few a few balls in the space of a couple of games. And I think she got uh, she got two of the three wrong. But uh, yeah, the, the third one was a, was a great challenge. So yeah. Uh, yeah, it was actually quite quite funny to, <laughs> to watch her dishing, dishing out those challenges. But uh, yeah, nevertheless, um, yeah, can't wait to see how she goes at the Open. And obviously we, uh, we wish her all the best. We certainly do. Now, Joel, the men's draw, there are, it, it's very, very peculiar because it's not very often you think that the world number one seed there's a, or the number one seed is a genuine chance of falling at the first hurdle. It doesn't happen often, but yeah. Rafael Nadal, we'll start with the top quarter. He has copped the draw from hell. The draw <laughs> from hell. Jack Draper is his first round opponent. I watched Draper today against Karen Khashinov in Adelaide. He dispatched he him. Good. He was phenomenal. So, look, Nadal hasn't lost the first round of a slam for a long time, but I genuinely think with how he's been going, and we're not sure where his body's at, how things are tracking. You know, there was there was some sort of there was an abdominal injury last year that really curtailed his season. But Jack Draper's in some very good form. If there's one unseeded player that you wouldn't want to be playing, Jack Draper would be in the prop probably the top five or six of those. So Rafa, really tough draw there. Um, his second round opponent could be the young American gun, Brandon Nakashima, who made the Wimbledon quarterfinals last year. So that's not easy either. Um, or Mackenzie McDonald, Yoshihito Nishioka um, in that part of the draw, Karen Khashinov. Um, Jason Kubler versus Sebastian Baez will be a great matchup first round. Um, and then Francis Tiafo, Joel. Tiafo. Fourth round He's against good. Nadal. Good. And, well, what happened at the US Open? Yep, exactly. So, Francis Tiafo, really good form, undefeated through the United Cup. Hubert Hercash, the 10th seed. He's in this part of the draw as well. Um, Dusan Lajevic against Denis Shapovalov. That's a really interesting first round matchup. Excited to see what happens there. Sebastian Corder against Christian Garin in the opening round. That'll be really good. I love good. that matchup. Yeah, me too. Corder's playing one. some really good tennis. Uh, finally in Adelaide and Garin, the quarterfinals at Wimbledon last year. John Millman against Mark Andrea Hoisler. Um, so hopefully Johnny, he got the wild card. He deserved it. Fingers crossed he can get a win and extend his stay in Melbourne. And then Daniel Medvedev against Marcos Giron. But Medvedev, Nadal, quarterfinal projection. I'm going to go out on a limb here, Joel. I don't reckon Rafa's getting there. Yeah, well, um, I mean, based on sort of the tail end of last year and, and the start of this year, it hasn't, you know, probably didn't really come together for, for Rafa. Um, you know, certainly at least in the context of uh, of the early parts of last year, not least the Australian Open. But yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting matchup against Jack Draper. I watched that match against... Uh, Karen Kachanov um, as, as well, and and he was really good. Um, the only thing that I would say about that is that there was a, a point in that match where he looked like he was about to absolutely implode, um, but impressively, it has to be said, he, he did he did get it together and uh, he uh, ended up winning the second set tiebreaker to yeah. to bring it home. So I, I just wonder that um, you know how sort of how he's going to deal with. Um, you know, I guess the mental grind against Rafa, not least being in the long points, but also, um, you know, the I guess the Rafa rituals, if you like, um, you know, the the, the serves, and uh, mm. you could argue the 
um, you know, the, the longer the longer routine and and, and things like that. Um, but look, he's he's looking impressive, and you know, if the tennis speaks for itself, then he's in with a chance. That's for sure. Yes, yeah, certainly. And um, Daniel Medvedev. He's loved Australia the last couple of times he's come here. He's made the final and fallen just short. Um, Djokovic dispatched him in 2021. But last year, well, he'd be out for revenge, I think, because last year was the was the one that got away, I think, for Medvedev. Two sets to love up. That faithful game at 3-2 when he had love 40 on Rafa's serve. He couldn't get the job done. And, well, I guess you never can write Nadal off, which I seemingly just did. But, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't think you can write him off, but yeah, it's a really interesting part of the draw, but I think Medvedev for me is probably the favorite to get through here. I just, I liked what I saw from him in Adelaide. Yeah. He lost to Novak, but I just think he might be, he might be primed for another big run here. Uh, yeah, look, I, I probably tend to agree based on, um, on what, what we've seen so far in, in the season, in the, in the morsels of, of tennis that we've seen. Um, yeah, look from this part of the, the draw as well. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just say it. I, I really like Francis Tiafoe's chances. To be honest, like he's he's yeah. looking good. He's 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 feeling confident. Um, seems to be feeling confident anyway. Um, and yeah, when he's when he's playing his shots, he's he's hitting his spots. Like there was a, a long time there with uh, with the foe where he. Uh, he was kind of just just blasting the ball, and he was and he was he was missing all the time. But we're not really seeing that anymore. I mean, maybe sort of one or two thrown in there, um, a couple of unforced errors for good measure. But overall, um, he is in very good touch. And if he if he can really get a kick on, sort of like he did comparatively to the U.S. Open, um, then I could easily see him going all the way through to the last eight. To be honest. Yeah, well, the talent has always been there, and he did beat Rafa at the US Open, and he beat him pretty, well, not comprehensively. It was four sets, but didn't need the full five to get rid of Rafa at the US Open. So the quick courts were certainly helping him. He's hitting the ball with confidence. He's hitting the ball hard, and he went through the United Cup undefeated. So he's playing really well at the moment in really good form. Hubert Hercash, another dangerous player, as is, as we mentioned, Seb Quarter. We get a quarter versus Medvedev third round. I think that's best case scenario for everybody. That is going to have fireworks aplenty <laughs> because both Lank players versus Lank. <laughs> well, both players are playing really good tennis. So really looking forward to seeing that one should it eventuate. But the next quarter, Joel, Stefano Tsitsipas, an informed Stefano Tsitsipas, I should say, after a really solid United Cup where he beat Grigor Dimitrov and Matteo Berrettini. Now, he'll play Quentin Alice of France. Um, Alice played Djokovic last week in um, in Adelaide and played okay. Was up a break early. Well, sorry, had chances to break um, early and had re- like really... Actually, no, I think he did serve for the opening set. He did, lost in two tie breaks. Um, was really good against Novak. I thought he didn't do much wrong. So that's a bit of a danger match for Steph, but he does play very well here. He's made three semifinals in his career at Melbourne Park. Rinky Hijikata against Yannick Hanfman. Hanfman ended Tanasi Kokonakis's campaign yeah. last year in the opening round. Not the qualifier you want to get. Poor old no, Rinky. <laughs> definitely not. But Rinky took a set off Rafa at the US Open and uh, almost beat Denis Shapovalov in Adelaide. So it'd be great to see Rinky get his first Grand Slam win match win there. Talon Griegsport just won his first career title in um, in Pune last week. He's in this section of the draw and he'll ta- and um, Botic van der Zanschulp, he's a former Grand Slam quarterfinals. Lorenzo Musetti versus Lloyd Harris in the opening round. Musetti's dangerous here, Joel. 
He's very mm. dangerous. He had a fantastic United Cup. Went down in the last match against Tiafo with injury um, after the first set. So not sure where he's sitting. It's probably a little section of broken Italians because Yannick Sinner was also a bit injured <laughs> in um, in Adelaide and pulled out of his doubles match with Lorenzo Sonigo. So Sinner, the 15th seed here, if he's okay, if he's feeling good, if he's feeling fit, he's a genuine, genuine chance here, Joel, to go very deep at this tournament because we saw what he did at the US Open. Yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, look, I think um, yeah, it's an interesting part of the part of the the draw for yeah for the Italians. Um, yeah, on the on Lorenzo Mosetti, I'm I'm really excited about about um, what he can do this year. Um, he's he's climbed into the top twenty. I think we were kind of waiting for him to really make that push because um, uh, I, I guess uh, fairly or unfairly, Yannick Sinner was was probably the, the benchmark for him. Um, just obviously being also being Italian in the same age demographic, um, but he's kind of he's up there now, um, and I, I'm really looking for him to keep building. So it'll be interesting to see what he can do. Tough opponent though um, in in Lloyd Harris. I don't think talking of Sinner, I don't think he'll have it all his own way against Cole Edmund. I think that's a really really tough matchup. Uh, first up, so I wouldn't be surprised if that one goes to to four or, or even um, even potentially five um, as well. So yeah, but look, um, I, I like those two guys um, and and their chances um, in this quarter. I think it's pretty even. But yep. um, look, overall, I think you'd probably have to back in Stefano Sitsipas to, to to win the quarter. I think he should probably dispatch of uh, Quinton Ali pretty pretty easily. Um, and, and then from there, I, I think he, he looks like he's got a relatively smooth run. So I wouldn't yeah, say, uh, I wouldn't say that just yet because Joel, when you get to the right. quarterfinal could be either Cam Norrie, the 11th seed um, and Borna Chorich versus Yuri Lehechka is also a very good first round matchup as well. Um, yeah. As is, uh, well, Felix Auger Aliasim, you cannot count him out. The sixth seed, him and Tsitsipas in a quarterfinal. We saw what happened against Daniel Medvedev last year and and the two matches well the, the two losses that Auger Aliassime had in Australia and France last year it took gargantuan efforts to knock him off because Medvedev saved match points and it was only the third time Nadal had ever been pushed to five at Roland Garros um to beat Auger Aliassime so Felix is in really good form. He's one, he was one of the form players to finish last year, won three titles on the bounce, then won the Davis Cup. He's in he's in solid nick. Didn't well mm. didn't have a great Adelaide losing to Alexi Popper and in straight sets, but takes on Vasek Pospisil in the opening yeah. round. I was gonna Stan, say rough draw. Yeah, Stan Vavrinka <laughs> in the second, and then Francisco Serundolo in um in round three. But I think Felix probably gets through to a quarter. I think Steph gets through to a quarter. And that match is going to have some serious fireworks. Oh, it is. It is. Um, yeah, that's that's one I'll be tuning into. But uh, yeah, I think it, yeah, probably line ball with yep. this quarter. But uh, look, as things stand, probably leaning towards uh, Steph. Just, I think so. I think so. It'll be very, very close anyway. But Steph, I think he showed me enough of the United Cup that, you know, and and look, he's going for the world number one ranking. If he wins the title, yeah. he is on top. Of the world, home away from home. Exactly right. The most Greek, well, the what is it? The mo- most <laughs> Greeks in the world in any city, apart from Athens, which is pretty unbelievable yes. considering we're millions of miles away from Greece. But next quarter, the top match of this quarter, Andre Rublev versus Dominic Team. Where 
versus, well, just one of the most smooth plays to watch when he's on. And hopefully Hello, team... my name is Dominic Team. <laughs> the Elliot Loney <laughs> reference never gets old. But um, yeah, that match in itself. Now, Rublev, I'd probably back him in to win because Team is still on the comeback from injury. But he's playing consistent matches at Kuyong, which is really good. And it's exactly what he needs. Rublev fell to Thanasi Kokonakis in Adelaide last night. So not sure where he kind of sits at the moment. But finished last year... In an okay fashion, Max Purcell qualified the Australian today for the second time in his career. He'll take on Finn Emil Rusevori, so the winner of that to take on the winner of Rublev and team. Go further down the draw, Dan Evans in this section of the draw as well, so he could play the win- or Rublev, so they're probably the two seeds that are projected to get through to the third, f- third round. Nick Kyrgios, this is his section of the draw, Joel, the big firebrand. Yes who recently acquired the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix was a co-owner today in the NBL, which is bizarre, but it happened and there was a press conference today. Hmm. I had no idea that was coming. But he takes on Russia's Roman Safiulin in the opening round. Now, if we remember correctly, Roman Safiulin was sensational at the ATP Cup last year. He loves the conditions in Australia and he knows how to play very, very well here. He helped Russia get through to the final um, of that competition in 2022. Second round, Richard Gasquet, and we know Nick and him have had some titanic battles in the uh, in the past. Gasquet, fairly old now, or not old, old, but getting older. Um, even even Ugo Umber. But that's where I'm getting to. Uh, yeah, no easy bit either. How many epics have Nick and Ugo Umber had? Two yeah. five setters in 2021 alone, where Nick had to save match points to overcome him at the Australian Open. Then Maxime Cressy's in this part of the draw as well. He made the fourth round last year. Loves the conditions in Melbourne. But then you get the ninth seed, Holger Runa. He takes on Filip Kranjevic in the first round. So Nick versus Runa in the third round. That is going to be huge, that matchup. Yeah, well, that's that's if Holger can get there. Um, looking at looking at his, his run, look, he should get there, but I'm not entirely convinced he is. Mm. Um, Philip Kranovich is a tough draw. And then uh, Albert Ramos-Vignola, season campaigner, Maxime Cressy, absolutely huge serve, as mm. we know. So, look, anything could happen there. Um, but, look, on Nick, I would, to be honest, I'd just about back him against pretty much anyone in this, in this quarter, at least. Um, the, the one thing for me, he's not played. On limited match practice, I don't think Nick can go very far. I think he needed well, to play. Well, that's that's true. But look, if he's yeah, if he's on, and I think he will be, um, then yeah, I'd, it's hard, really hard to see anyone in this this part of the draw stopping him. To be honest, yeah, I, I think so. Once, well, once he gets through to, should he get through to a quarterfinal, then comes well, the next section we'll get through. Mm. But no, I was but- just going to say as well, though, Val, just before we do move on, the only the only one. Um, other than um, obviously, you look at probably you know Rublev speaks for itself. Holgerun, he's, he's got a bit of mongrel as well, mm. does Holger. But um, the other one that I could potentially see um, maybe causing some headaches is Dan Evans because um, yep. yeah, he's we know that he's uh, he's a bit of a character, is Dan. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if he sort of creeps up as well. Yep, 100%. It's a really interesting portion of the draw there, and I'm really intrigued to see how that is going to play out. But the next part of this quarter, Pablo Carreño Busta, the 14th seed, the Canadian Masters champion, he's here. 
John Isner versus Adrian Manorino, a bat- battle of the aging veterans there. Um, not really sure who's going to get through there. Manorino, we know, um, can absolutely light up a tennis court when he wants My to. My favorite player. He certainly is, Joel. Um, and then uh, Alex Demonor here, the 22nd seed. He takes on Yu Xiaosu um, of the Chinese Taipei. Now, this is a really interesting matchup. I think Demon should get through. Su qualified. Um so look, I'm I'm backing Damon in to get through to at least the third round where he'll play Karina Busta. So 22nd versus 14th seed. Then you've got Grigor Dimitrov and Aslan Karatsev, the 21 semi-finalist against the 2017 semi-finalist. Dimitrov backseated again at the Australian Open. Excited to see what he can bring. Had an okay ATP Cup, and then you go down Novak Djokovic against Roberto Carvalhes Bena. Now, what I want to see, Joel, and I know Demon is in that part. But I want to see Pablo Carreño Busta against Novak Djokovic in the fourth <laughs> round of a Grand Slam once again. And do well, you know what happened the last time they played at a Grand Slam? Mm, I wonder. I wonder. Oh, was that Throatgate? Throatgate. <laughs> um, where yes, Djok- it was. Yeah, Djokovic uh, hit a ball and hit the lineswoman's throat. So who knows what will happen there? But um, yeah, really, really interesting to see uh, or to have a look at this side of the draw. But look. Djokovic is the one that stands out. He's in ripping form. He's unbelievable. The guy is just mentally so strong. Um, I just can't see him losing this quarter. I think he easily gets through to the semifinals here. Unless maybe if he plays Nick, things may be a little bit interesting with the crowd firmly on the Kyrgios side. But will it be? That's the question. Mm, yeah, look, I mean, as far as the quarter is concerned, yeah, he's I mean, he's the guy that, that stands out. Yeah. Um, Look, obviously, we want the demon to do well, but can't really see him testing Novak, to be honest. Um, uh, Grigor, hmm, he's probably probably past his best. Aslan Karatsev, uh, hot and cold. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's really no one else that kind of sticks out there for me. Um, I mean, Roberto Caballos Baiana himself is not necessarily a you know a, a pushover. Um, still think Novak's going to comfortably win but yeah we've seen him cause upsets before um yep. so it wouldn't be entirely surprising no who am i kidding of course it would be <laughs> it's novak it would be the biggest it's novak in australia the guy hasn't lost in australia for five years I, I don't think i don't think he's going out in the first round unless well look yeah. unless dennis Istamin flies in and just starts glaring at novak yeah. and then maybe who knows but yeah. i'm not i'm not quite sure but look Djokovic, the firm favorite in that section now Taylor Fritz at the bottom quarter. Taylor Fritz against Nicolas Basilishvili. Again, a banana skin. Basilishvili on his day can beat absolutely anybody. And who knows? Fritz is in some unreal form, however, and looking very, very, very promising. Um, now, Alexei Popperin against Chin Sen Seng uh, from the Chinese Taipei. This is going to be interesting because Popperin mixed, he had a mixed couple of weeks in Adelaide, it's fair to say, isn't it, Joel? Uh, yeah, I think that's fair to say. Um, going from uh, what he did against Felix uh, to, well, yeah, that, that first set against Tanasi Kokonakis mm. was absolutely terrible. So I'm not really sure what happened between those matches, but uh, yeah, it was a little bit indifferent. Yeah, so Chin Sin Seng, not a bad player, but um, yeah, look, uh, Alexi should be getting through that match. Um then you've got uh, Miami Ketsmanovic. He's in this section of the draw. He's a very dangerous opponent. Fourth round here last year. 
Diego Schwartzman against Alexi Krutik. Krutik, is that how you say it? I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yep. So Krutik. That, that's a Krutik. great story there. First ever attempt at any Grand Slam, qualifying or main draw, and he qualifies, which is an amazing performance for him. So Diego Schwartzman lost in the second round last year to Chris O'Connell. Um, then JJ Wolf against Jordan Thompson. That's got five sets written all over it. Uh, I'm sure it does. We know Thompson loves a five a set match. <laughs> here in Australia. David Goffin against Laurent Locoli. Um, now, Goffin, I reckon there's a real chance for him or Schwartzman to get through to a fourth round here. Now, Alex Zverev, I'm not sure what to expect from him, but he's got one Pablo Varias who lost in qualifying today, but he's been awarded a lucky loser place into the main draw. I, I really think Zverev, he, he's struggling for form and he really labored through that ATP Cup. So not sure where he is, how he's sitting since that ankle injury, but I think the draw is primed for whoever is around him to make use of the fact that he hasn't played a lot of tennis because he's vulnerable. Yeah, well, I mean, I could, I could potentially see David Goffin troubling him um, mm. if if he can keep himself, if he can keep himself in the game and, and I guess go with the pace. And we know that uh, he can, uh, he's a very good neutralizer of the ball, David Goffin. Um, yeah, I could, I could really see him challenging Alex Verev. And we know that, yeah, um, obviously at the moment he's out of form for a little bit, but um, just generally speaking. Um, yeah, a bit like a yo-yo is, yeah. is Alex. He, he just, he just can't seem to get a, a consistent flow together, really. Um, we saw it a, a few years ago um, in in New York, but yeah, it's I don't know. We haven't we haven't really seen it that often since then. So yeah, look, I don't know. I mean, maybe he'll surprise us um, and potentially slipped under the radar a little yeah. bit at uh, at C twelve. Um, but yeah, look, I mean, when when I'm talk when I'm thinking of um, of the men who I think are going to really push um, in the later stages of, of the tournament and the ones who are going to surprise us. I'm probably not really having uh, uh, Sasha in uh, in that reckoning. Neither am I. I think at the, at the moment I'm really – Taylor Fritz is one for me that I think could really push and make and make a first major semifinal. I think the way that he's playing is exemplary and how he's going about his business is, is just top-notch. Now, the next little section – Matteo Berrettini versus Andy Murray in the opening round. Murray gets really stitched up in Australia. I feel like his draws, he just cops it constantly. So Berrettini, Murray, hopefully we get a five-setter there because the more of that we get, the better. I think if Murray's in good form and Berrettini's in good form, we're set for a massive encounter. Then the winner of that plays, well, this match has... Fantastic show court three atmosphere about it. The Nasi Kokonakis versus Fabio Fornini. That excites me greatly because you never know what we're going to get with Fabio. And will Tanasi be yeah. cooked after Adelaide like he was last year? Who knows? Depends on how far he gets. Then Alex Vukic against Brandon Holt. Um, two qualifiers coming together. Roberto Bautista Agu there as well. Davidovic Fokina against Alexander Bublik. That's a really good first round matchup. Chris O'Connell, one of our great friends on the show, gets Jensen Brooksby in the opening round. And the winner of that plays Casper Rude or Thomas Machak. Um, which, look, I think Rude probably gets through that one uh, pretty comfortably. And another good first-round match, Jan Lennart Struff, the qualifier, not sure how he's in qualifying, against Tommy Paul. Yeah, that should be all right. A bit of, uh, there'll be a bit of big hitting um, in, in that match. Um, yeah, one potential 
matchup that I'm I'm really looking at, and obviously I would love if uh, if Tanasi Kokonakis could get past Fabio Fognini, but um, oh, it's uh, there's going to be some scenes if uh, we get Matteo Berrettini versus Fabio Fognini in the second oh. round, isn't there? Hold on. That's going to be <laughs> unbelievable if that's the case because, well, Fonini has been kind of the linchpin of Italian tennis for the last 15 years and Berrettini's part of this new wave forward and sort of has started, kick-started this new wave um, with his semifinal at um, the US Open in 2019. So, and in turn, the 2021 Wimbledon final. So, Berrettini, we know what he brings. He played really well at, Un- at the United Cup. It's great to see him back playing some solid tennis. So, yeah, really not sure where to go from here, but Berrettini versus Rude in the fourth round. They met at the US Open last year, and Rude got through very comfortably, which I was really surprised about. So, um, look, the way Casper's been going about his business has been really impressive, but he wasn't lighting the world on fire at the United Cup, nor was he, nor did he light it up in Auckland, where he lost 7-6 in the third to Laszlo Jere. So... I'm not sure what to think of Casper, but all he has to do if Djokovic and Tsitsipas don't make the final is reach the final and he gets to world number one because Carlos Alcaraz mm. is out or he just wins the title and he wins it. So those three all going for world number one. Rude obviously in the box seat considering his ranking, but yeah, really not sure what to think of this quarter. Yeah, yeah, me either. And um, yeah, sort of talking of talking of Casper Rude, I think he's going to... I don't know. Like he's still, it's still early in his career, and and he's already made two Grand Slam finals. Um, but I kind of think with with Casper Ruud, at least for the kind of non tennis tragic like us, um, I, I kind of think that Casper, while he, he's in the top two um, or top five anyway, um, I kind of see him as being kind of that guy um, of of this kind of little era or expanse of time that we're in where people will look at him and go, oh, that guy's in the top five. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Kind of like a David Ferrer when you're like, oh, hang on, he got to world number two or world number – no, he got to world number three, sorry. Yeah. Like there'll be be those random kind of tennis chats Mm. that, you know, happen once a year potentially at, you know – Dinner tables or whatever pub tables, and they'll people will talk about who's oh who's in, who's in the top five like who are the ones to watch, and you know the the usual the usual suspects will come up like Djokovic, um, you know Steph, um, those kind of guys, and then look at the rankings, and be like oh this guy Casper Ruud from Norway who's world number two. <laughs> Where did yeah. he come from? Well, look, you know, I wish him all the success because he is great to watch. And he made two slam yeah, finals last year, made the year-end finals last, uh, the year-end finals final last year, and also the Miami finals. So didn't get one of those finals, lost all of them. But fingers crossed we can see Casper um, playing some sensational tennis at Melbourne Park. He's never gone past the fourth round. And I come to think of it, he he was the one last year that went out with COVID right before the event when he was in really good nick. And imagine he actually made the fourth round of that event. Mm. It wouldn't take him much to get to world number one after this, or at least made the quarterfinals. So Casper Ruud is in a really good spot at the moment, really looking forward to seeing what he can do. But I think, yeah, looking at now both of these draws, we've done them both, Joel. Your pre-tournament picks, winner and runner-up for both, and then I'll give you mine. Mm. Yeah, to be honest, I haven't uh, I haven't really thought too much about it yet. But um, that's why I asked you. Yeah, <laughs> very clever, Val. Um, 
Yeah, look, winner. Um, I hate to be boring, but I mean, can can you really say anyone at this point other than Novak? Like, nah, is... you can't. No, you honestly, yeah. you cannot. Like, and looking at the odds, I've never seen a shorter price favorite. Well, since the Federer days when he was dominating. Mm. So yeah, I think Roger. It's tough to look oh, sorry, past Novak. Novak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's really tough to look past Novak. Um, and then, or oh, who's he going to play? In the final and win against. Um, I'm going to say, oh, geez. It's, it's an open field this year. It's great. It is. Really don't. Yeah. It's, I'm going to say, I'm going to go with Steph, I reckon. I'll go cool. with Steph and I'll sit to pass. Yep. All right. Well, I'm going Djokovic to play Daniel Medvedev in the final. And then what about the women, Joel? Um. Again, I'm going to be very inventive and say that uh, Igish Fiontech will win the mm-hmm. loss. Yep. Uh, and she will play in the final. Mm. Uh, thrilling radio here. Um, mm-hmm. It's not radio, it's elevated. podcast, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, we'll put, on, we'll put on some elevated music while we, uh, while we pick someone. Jesus. It really is so open this year. It is. It's hard. It is oh. really hard. It's a, it's it's tough. I'm gonna oh, I'm gonna go Arena Sabalenka. All right, cool. Well, I'm going uh, Caroline Garcia. I'm gonna I've got her to win it, and then to beat Igish Fiontek in the finals. So looking Very forward. Nice. Well, I'm just looking forward to Monday, Joel, January 16, Melbourne Park. If you're in Melbourne, just get there, take work off, call in sick, do whatever oh. you want. Just get to Melbourne Park. Watch some awesome tennis, and it's going to be amazing. You can see it all on Channel 9. Listen on via AO Radio. SEN's doing stuff as well with the great man BP. He'll be calling the action. Looking forward to everything. Joel Ferrucci, it's been an absolute pleasure. We'll catch up throughout the tournaments and um, and keep everyone updated with what's going on. Sounds good, Val. I'll see you in night too, mate. Certainly will. Looking very much forward to it. This has been Val Febo and Joel Frucci taking you through everything leading into the 2023 Australian Open. Big thank you to Jamie Fawless for joining us. Remember, follow us on social media at Breakpoint Pod on Twitter, uh, Breakpoint Podcast on Facebook and Instagram as well. And then also you can subscribe on Spotify, on Anchor, on Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your shows from. We are there. Joel, one quick one before we go. We didn't do the Benoit mm-hmm. of the Week. And you know who I'm giving it to this week? Breakpoint, the Netflix special. And do you want to know why? Because they ripped off our logo. (laughs) Can you believe that? Can you believe that? The elongated T. I'm sorry, but come on. Be original, guys. We need to get the producer of that show on, the executive producer, and we need to grill him. I'm going to find the contact, and it's going to happen. And ask why and where they found it, because this this is this is this is not this is this is not dead and buried. Do not worry about it's a that. Privacy. Yep, exactly right. But thank you, Joel. I'm going to leave on that note. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sounds good, mate. All right, have a good night, everyone. Enjoy the first couple of days of the Australian Open.